Rotation Podcast. We are back for some more NFL London action. We've got the Giants versus the Packers uh, this week. Last week we gave a bit of an in-depth preview at the the Vikings-Saints game. We're going to go into that in a little bit more detail. We've also got a guest on this week to discuss uh, what happened there, the experiences at NFL London and some of the crazy kickingness at the end. And... First kicking of all, us. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I, don't know why I said that. Uh, not right, kicking cool. us. Um, but yeah, uh, to start off, we're going to introduce a new little segment called NFL in Rotation, and basically, mm. what we're going to do is take you through some of our takeaways from the previous week of NFL action, and it'll just be a sort of little five ten minute intro to the pod, and. We can get the creative juices flowing, I guess. Yeah, um, and we'll have some funky intro music for it, or a little jingle or something, sometime soon. It will be coming up. Mm. So, Harry, um, kick us off with some stuff with the Broncos, then. Oh, I'm pissed off with um, the AFC West as a whole, to be honest. Uh, obviously, we're seeing what's happened with the Chargers. The um, Las Vegas Raiders... Only got their first win at the weekend, and and the Broncos are are really in a big hole. I, I fear for them, I really do. Uh, Russell Wilson's not come in and assimilated very well. The the fans were booing the offense in his first game. Smith <laughs> obviously em, em, embarrassed them, uh, but it's been it's been really poor since then. They they got over sixteen points finally on Sunday. Uh, Russell Wilson got three touchdowns with the Broncos for the first time. Um, but it still wasn't enough. They were still lackluster, and it, and it was with the Raiders playing kind of softer as they were trying to close a gap. Javante Williams is is now injured for a long time. Mm. Um, I think coach, coach Nathaniel Hackett is in is in really big trouble. Uh, Melvin Gordon is going to obviously step up. He's fumbled it four times in four games, um, and Mike Boone doesn't really excite me stepping up either. So um, obviously it's early in the season. The offenses across the league haven't really clicked. Uh, as as yet but so we'll see but um i'm, I'm really worried by the, for the broncos and, and pissed off by uh the afc west in general i think i have to agree with you there with uh some of the big trades we've seen happen in in that division you know you've had Devante mm. adams moving to the raiders and as we say russell wilson's a pretty blockbuster trade as well so it's been pretty disappointing performance so far from that side of the Football league. Well, yeah, I mean, as you, you as you said, Reese, you, you sort of expected the teams like the Raiders and the Broncos to be um, taking like leaps forward this season, especially with the offense. You know, the Broncos sort of had that receiving core set up uh, and a nice uh, one-two punch with uh, Javante Williams and uh, Melvin Gordon. They were almost just waiting for somebody like Russell Wilson to just come in and mm. sort of solidify that offense. And yeah, he's he's really just struggle to get going obviously still early days and a bit of a better performance on a personal level for uh russell wilson uh last week but um yeah i definitely agree not looking at good it's not what we were promised because everyone literally said they're, they're just a quarterback away a quarterback away from literally yeah. the super bowl so disappointing so far it seems, yeah. seems the, that that subway must have been more dangerous than he is at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe if Russell Wilson spent less time pissing around with stupid adverts and commercials, then maybe he'd do better on the field, wouldn't he? <clears throat> I reckon his I reckon his work ethic and work rate is probably 
unbeaten in the in the league. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's true. Uh, so um, they played tonight, Thursday night football. Colts, Colts, Broncos. Uh, they've only got three wins between them. How do you see that going tonight? Uh, no, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Oh, Colts just struggling, bit really. Uh, obviously, they got the win against the Chiefs, which was a bit of a bit of an anom- anomaly. Uh, so I, I think the Broncos should win that. I'm inclined to agree with you there, Ash. I think it's going to be a very boring game, to be honest. Not much happening from both sides, but I think the Broncos will nick it in the end. Hmm. I'm. I'm just going to say it will be exciting. Uh, I want to. A bit more energy than that at the start of the podcast, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want the Broncos to, to show me something big here. I want that offense to, to put up a big one against the Colts. One of the things that we spoke about quite a lot at the start of the season was the Trubisky versus Pickett battle. And if I remember mm. rightly, you two both predicted week four that Trubisky would be playing. Well, well, well. I predicted week four and then Ash tried to ride my coattails with the prediction. So okay, I'm pretty sure I had it written down in my notes oh, that yeah, the yeah, same thing, sure mate. You just got there sure first, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, week so three, week four was the it, sort of talking. It, we got to the end of the first quarter, I think it was, in week four, and they decided it was time for Mr. Pickett to be introduced. Um, he, he threw... 13 pass attempts and had 10 completions. Mm. He had two rushing touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions on his yeah. first. No ball hit the ground. So what what do you guys think based on Trubisky being pulled so early? Do you think it's been the right decision or do you think we could see a struggling steer this team for the rest of the season with Pickett or do you think he's going to come good soon? Well, I think Steelers fans will be happy with what they see from him. Uh, obviously, the three interceptions is not nice in one half, but they weren't all on him. And obviously, he's put in a tough position. Uh, obviously, in his first game, coming on at half time, you're down already. You've got to press the issue. But I liked what I saw from him. Uh, it kind of felt like what we told about him was was maybe correct that he was one of the most NFL ready um, prospects that we've had. Um, he, he was confident in the pocket and like you say he was very accurate apart from those interceptions so I think um, that I feel for him because they've got a really tough uh, run of games coming up now but um, mm. I think they're in better hands now I, I definitely think so but they still will probably struggle he, yeah I mean that player. yeah and that's, that Steelers offence has been shocking it's arguably been, been the worst offence in the league um and and uh, obviously Trubisky hasn't hasn't been great, but it's not all on him. And Mike Tomlin Tomlin said that himself. Like it's not all on Trubisky, but um with Pickett yeah. coming in, it's sort of like you know hoping to provide a spark to that offense, and hopefully the introduction of Pickett can bring a bit of new energy to the offense, uh, and which will be a benefit to everyone. Um, you know, I th- in terms of Pickett himself, I think perhaps he's bit quicker of the reading of the game and he's able to make uh, quicker and better decisions a bit more natural anticipation uh you saw i think there was a couple of instances um where uh, on last week where trubisky w- was a bit too slow to release but pickett was able to get it off quick even under mm. pressure um okay maybe that might come to the expense of those interceptions but i think at this point if you're a steelers fan you just want a bit a bit more of something uh, um to the offense you know bit something sad, a bit sad. more 
bit more aggressive, yeah. And if it comes yeah. at the expense of a few picks here and there, then so be it. Um, so yeah, yeah, obviously Pickett will get his first start against the Bills on Sunday. Um, so yeah, big game, big game for him. Do you guys think he'll fare against the Bills and the the weak secondary that we have at the minute, apart from Big J Paul? So <laughs> I can absolutely see him struggling against that pass rush. Uh, the offensive line is not a good offensive line. Um, I uh, he just wanted to win that game. Mike Tomlin's desperate not to have a losing season, but you kind of want him to put him in after this Bills game. But uh, it, it's such a good test for him, and it'll, it'll be a good measuring stick to see if he actually is, um, well, where he is against um, Trubisky. Well, I was expecting mm. to see Trubisky starting against the Bills, having been with us last season, played against that defense before. Mm. But bit of knowledge on what kind of scheme we play and stuff, but he's obviously decided now that it's it's time to go with Pickett. Trubisky's not doing much, so if, you, if you're going to have a losing season, you may as well get some minutes in that rookie quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. Kenny Pickett. Good luck to you, Kenny Pickett. We'll find out on Sunday, but we will move on to the Bills and their comeback win against the Ravens last week. Reese, you must have been absolutely ecstatic. I know there was some mixed emotions from you throughout the game. At one point, the Bills jumper was thrown on the floor and then it was yeah. back on. Um, obviously, the game was settled by a field goal converted by Tyler Bass. Uh, talk us through through the but game, Reese. Before you get to the game, let's uh, let's just address the old jumper off jumper on the field. Like, <laughs> what is going? On? It felt like you were declaring yourself finished with the Bills at that point. Like, what's going through your head there? It was the inner Ken Dorsey and me coming out. Uh, bit, bit, <laughs> yeah. a bit of a hissy fit like that. Um, he wasn't taking but, off his uh, Bills gear no, though, was he, mate? He wasn't saying I'm not. I'm not working for you anymore. Well, well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a playbook in my hands to throw. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm I'm very impressed. The the first half was a bit stinky, you know. Went in at halftime, twenty to three down, but we we shot out a good Ravens side in the second half, and we managed to get the points on the board. It was the first time in thirty nine games that we had won a one possession game, so it's really really Pathetic. nice. It's nice to get that out of the system, and hopefully. <laughs> Now, now that we've done it, we can continue doing so for the rest of the season and bring that Super Bowl on. But as as you said, the kick to win it as well. That is, I believe that is the first time Tyler Bass has made a kick to win a game as well. So pathetic. It is a pretty pathetic start, but hopefully, as I say, it's behind <laughs> us now, and the Bills can continue to go the Bills things. Mm, well, definitely an important win. Obviously, the Bills lost uh, the Dolphins a week prior. Um, so it was a bit of a statement win against the Ravens. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's been on fire. And Jordan Poyer made a huge play to intercept Lamar Jackson before the Bills went down the other end to score that field goal and win the game. Why didn't the Ravens kick a field goal on fourth and goal at the two-yard line? The scores were level at twenty twenty. Obviously, that was when... Um, Lamar then through that um, interception. So, some I, questions there. Yeah, I, I think, didn't have a problem with the decision to go for it there. I think you're playing the Bills. They can go up and score in 13 seconds or, or whatever. Um, 
I didn't like the play call or whatever. I maybe would have given it to Lamar Jackson on his feet or something like that. But I didn't like the play call. But I like the cojones to go for it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I think when you're mm. playing against Josh Allen on the other side, he, he's capable of special things. So you go for that field goal, and we could easily have gone up and scored the touchdown in as little as 13 seconds as you say so I think it's a ballsy move and you gotta you gotta take some risks to get the profits and sometimes it's not gonna pay off but that's just just the way it goes also the the Ravens defense has had issues like closing out games this year as well so you, you definitely would have expected the Bills to go down and be able to get three points there so I don't mind the decision go on Ashley well, I think we interrupted well, you didn't we well, I was just gonna move it on though. I was just saying, I was I was posing the question about about the Ravens. Really, just wanted uh, to hear yeah. your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, Bills obviously huge win, ranked sixth in EPA per drive on offense, third on defense. I think they're clearly gonna be the top team if they don't bowl it as always. But we'll move on quickly to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Back-to-back defeats mm. for your team, Harry Mahomes making that Bucks defense look a bit silly. He was taking the piss a bit. Uh, the Chiefs managed to score 41 points. Giselle is leaving Tom Brady. It's going <laughs> shit in the fan in Tampa Bay, mate. Harry, you must be worried, slightly, at least. Uh, well, uh, actually, the, the Giselle thing, I, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady's personal life too much right here, but um, whenever he faces adversity or anything like this in his career, he fucking uses it as motivation and to bounce back stronger. And like, if his family's leaving him, like... What's bigger motivation to go and win a Super Bowl? I don't know. <laughs> Quickly, while we're on this situation, what what are your thoughts on Antonio Brown's sly digs at that situation? Oh, that's Antonio pretty Brown terrible, isn't it? It's wanky, yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> there's not enough words to describe it. Uh, He's just he... fucked up from CTE or something, isn't he? Mm. He's definitely... Yeah. He's just, 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 just different, different gravy. That guy. He, mm. he provides He's the entertainment in all the wrong yeah. ways. Um, I know, Harry. But... You're not worried. Uh, obviously, that you, your strong part of this season was that defense, and obviously, I know it's the Chiefs and it is Mahomes, but they did did kind of take the piss a bit. Yeah, I, when you're playing Mahomes and that Chiefs offense, Andy Reese, uh, Andy Reese. Andy Reid and all that. You can't afford to, on the opening possession uh, or on the bloody kickoff or whatever, muff a, muff a punt and give him a 15-yard field, um, a short field. So you do you do that. You go down quickly 14 and nothing, and you're in a really big hole. Mahomes starts feeling himself. He starts, as you say, Ash, taking the absolute piss out of you. Like, all that <laughs> little step back and flip into the end zone. Yeah, was, well, that, that was, was pretty so insane, nice. wasn't it? Um, so it, it kind of stuck to watch and I was like, because they got up really big really early, I thought it could have been a, a really bad day, one that we just write off and, and, and it ends up being really ugly, but we fought back, obviously we had Evans and Godwin back for the first time, Julio Jones got involved a little bit as well, um, so it, Brady threw for the mo- most yards he did this year, I'm not too concerned, it's the Chiefs, um, it's the Chiefs offence, like you say, their defence has even been good this year, uh, I, I will just say, the start, the start we've had, Cowboys, Saints, Packers and Chiefs, we've come out 2-2, two and two. we could have come out maybe 3-1 and one even, just two two points away on that Packers game, and now our, our schedule gets uh, considerably easier, start with the Falcons, so I think you'll see this real Bucks offence start to shine through, and that defence is the number one defence in this league, I'll tell you, we'll see in Week 18, but I'm telling you right now. Ash, there's something uh, strange going on here, don't you think? It must be bad if uh, Disco is... 
actually admitting he's worried about the box. When did I say I was worried? <laughs> Were you listening or what? I think I literally said I'm not worried. <laughs> That's what somebody who was worried would say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that will wrap up uh, this introduction of this new segment, NFL and Rotation. Uh, we'll just give a little roundup of some of the talking points from the NFL the week prior. So we will be kicking off the episodes in that fashion from now on. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Throat and Rotation podcast. So obviously we previewed the Vikings versus Saints last week. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we've got a guest on for this week's episode. Listener and friend of the podcast, Jack Lofthouse, joins us as he tells us about his experiences of NFL London and the victory as a Vikings fan against the Saints. Hello, welcome, Jack. Welcome, Jack. Hello, everyone. Oh, God, it goes on for 36 seconds. What that? I forgot about all these things already. (laughs) So, yeah, Jack, tell us um, about the game then. Yeah, I think it was... It sounds a bit silly. It was a bit of a nothing game in the same way that it was a good game. I think it's good that it's close. It's always good when it comes over here, but especially being there as such, it it doesn't feel like it feels like you, everyone there's a neutral. Like it, it was a lot more Vikings, I think, than the worst Saints fans there. But everyone mm. wants to see a good game, and you see it on all the third downs. It's not like one team's a home game and the other one is getting all the sort of the shouting, all the atmosphere. It was everyone just shouting at everyone, and it was a little bit messy in that that sense i think it was messy on the field as well but mm. kind of, i guess led to a good spectacle yeah for sure and obviously you told me about all the different jerseys um there uh the, the nfl jersey bingo you said you spotted them all within half an hour didn't you yeah i, I, oh. I do it every year i go i think it's this, this is the third season i've been and it's getting quicker and quicker and it's it's great i think the difference as well is right it started in london it was more people going just because they wanted to see something different. Whereas I think now you generally do get proper fans that actually know what's going on, um, which is sort of you know great to see. But you you do still get that weird sense of it's a bit strange that you're going to a game with two teams and you've got rivals and you've got random sort of fans there with different shirts. I don't think you'd see it any other sport or any other sort of stadium in the world. So that is still strange, but it's getting quicker and quicker. We, we started it at Liverpool Street this year on the when we got the overground up to Water Lane. I think by... Well, within five minutes of that train, we're only missing three teams. And by the time we sort of got off and walked from Wild Lane to the stadium, the rest of them were found. Wow. So it's crazy. The diversity. You could see both quarterbacks are struggling with the noise as well. Like It's such a party atmosphere from, from all the fans. Both quarterbacks are struggling to hear the play calls on third down and whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's such a fun event. I need to get back. The first five, the last five minutes became mental. Like it was, it was mm. crazy. Sort of the third downs last five minutes were crazy. But obviously, with the Saints being the home team, the stadium was trying to get the yeah, yeah. for the Vikings third downs, but it just wasn't happening. And I think people just wanted to. I think the British people in general like seeing people fail. And like, yeah. Seeing... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was sort of in that rather than actually almost willing a good play, which is kind of <laughs> strange to see, but quite funny at the same time. What did you um? What do you think of how the Vikings played? Obviously, you're a, a Vikings fan yourself. I thought they were right. They started really well. The first sort of mm. quarter, I thought we came up flying, which I think was the the difference to the Saints. Like there was well, we scored in the first first quarter, and after that, it then kind of slowed up, and we kind of were 
a little bit crap. Um, mm. I thought Dalton was really good for the Saints. I think there was a lot of things. I mean, he's probably, I think, one of the... I'm not as knowledgeable as you guys, but I think he's probably one of the better backups in the league. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To call him, to, to be like, oh, we're playing a backup. We generally don't do well against backup QBs, but he actually looked really good. And I think by sort of the third, half through the third quarter, he, the first sort of half, he was very, very safe and a bit dull, and a bit beige. But he then just, it was one, I can't remember the play it was, but there was one play and he just went, right, I'm going now. And he just started trying to attempt in sort of these longer throws and they were coming off. And he, he did look really, he looked better than Cousins, to be honest. Well, yeah, Dalton did have a good good. game. Like he, he, Dalton was sort of like spreading the ball around quite well. Like obviously, um, Michael Thomas was out, um, so he was sort of moving it around to quite a lot of uh, different receivers and stuff. But I mean, he had zero interceptions and he completed seventy-one percent of his passes. It was was neat. That's the thing. Apart from his fumble, yeah. Which that's what you want for backup QB, don't you? You just want them to play play safe and make sure that offense, you know, is going, not making too many issues, and and that kept them in the game, especially at the end. Um, there was quite a long pass um to Chris Olave, which gave him that opportunity for for the field goal. Um, and obviously, I know Jack, you've got some very strong takes on kicking. Um, funnily enough, actually, the Vikings kicker Greg Joseph was named. Uh, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. You tagged me that on Twitter. Um, but he, he made five out of five field goals, but he did this, that extra point with the scores at 25-22. So that, again, kept the Saints in the game. Um, and obviously then Will Lutz then made a 60-yard field goal to level the scores up. Uh, uh, sorry, but that was before, um, with less than two minutes ago. Uh, and Joseph put the Vikings back in front with a 47-yard field goal with 29 seconds left. Um, finally, there was that double doink um, will that like, 61-yard field goal uh, to try and win the game? Uh, we all know the NFL, the double doink is a bit of a big one. Um, mm. So, Jack, why don't you just tell us about uh, your kicking theory? That was well. One second, that double doink. I think that's probably the most mental end to any sporting game I've been to ever. Mm. Like, really? You, it was my it was my end, and I was sitting sort of okay. in line with almost with the posts, um, and the whole crowd kind of. They thought everyone thought it was over and thought it was fine. It had the distance. We've seen that, and then people sort of went silent. No one really knew what happened, and then we kind of worked what happened because obviously the Vikings were celebrating, and everyone was sort of standing up, almost head on, like hands on their head, going, "What's actually have we just seen?" It was, it was a crazy thing. But yeah, going back to the kickers, I just, I don't get it to be honest, and I don't understand how they can't find anyone on special teams that had a better week than someone who's actually not done the job. Is the way I. Look. <laughs> I, I I know there's a big sort of vendetta against British people being anti-kickers and not understanding how people miss, but I just find it like it's their one, like it's their one job. I'm not being funny. They spend all week. What else do they do other than practicing kicking, right? And I know it's the pressure. I know it's the you've got these big strapping blokes running at you, but my god, like it can't be that hard to hit it straight. You get like I still think, and I know again this is a very British uh, American football view, but I think any half decent rugby kicker is hitting every single one you know they've got to work like you look at that sport they've actually yeah they've got to play the sport as well like what do they actually what does joseph do all week you tell me that what what, what does he actually have to do well i think that i think that plays into it like that's your only job and then you come yeah, onto the pitch and you've been at the time like was it week one that like the kickers were just had a shocker i don't i don't get it i don't get like and okay let me change that I, well that's a 64 or 61 yard one at the end like, fair enough. Like, that was pretty impressive to see the first one he did. 
But that is fair enough that it's, it's far. But when you're doing like the extra point and you're what, 30, is it 35 yards, the, the kick? And it's only 20, uh, 50, 25 yards, something like that. Um, like, how, I don't get how you miss that. It, it's like training all week. I know I'm looking at it from a UK football like, fan. It's like, in my mind, that's someone's only job is to hit a free kick on target. Yeah. Like, like in football. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get I, that. <laughs> and to be made... Special teams player of the week. I know, yes, he did hit five field goals and basically won the game for us, but that's besides the point because he still missed one. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, th- the fact that he missed that extra point was pretty huge because obviously yeah. that kept the Saints in the game by, by that field goal and allowed them the chance for Will Lutz the gone, They probably wouldn't have gone... Uh, if he if he hits it, though, they probably don't go for when they're on the fourth downs. So it probably, in a weird way, helps when they did miss. But I just don't get, I don't get missing. I don't get it. It really fucks me off. I think, I, think, I think it's all to do with pressure, and I do not think... I think rugby players would struggle just as much. I think you underestimate the pressure that... It's pressure. That being your job being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... And, and then coming onto the pitch with... However, I think there's more pressure in general in the NFL and rugby. And also the pressure that... There's more... The crowds are more rowdy. It's it's a lot more pressure. But it... And more money involved. Yeah. The only thing but, I, I, but also the main thing is you've got like 11 massive guys running at you. You yeah, don't control... Actually, you how, don't... Many, how many times do they actually get to the kicker? Like, I know they're running at you, but they don't yeah, actually... Yeah, but it's still scary as fuck. And then yeah, you've you... got to rely on somebody <laughs> else to put the ball down for you. You've got to rely on someone else to snap it, yeah, put but, the ball yeah, down. Most of the time, that's... Most of the time, the miss isn't from that. Yeah, but yeah, but like in, in rugby, you can put it on a tee or whatever. You can run up in your own time, do it whenever you like. You've got a minute. You can be as comfortable as you like. If kicking, it's all about timing and, and getting your step up and your rhythm right and getting the snap and the hold. And then you've got 11 massive guys coming at you as well. In my uh, expert analysis as well, I think they kick it so weirdly. Like Their te- kicking technique in the NFL is so strange. I don't know why they've got an obsession with having their leg pretty much like the straightest thing going. Like, mm. Any other sport where they kick anything. like No one kicks them. Again... It's my very much British view, and it's a <laughs> have, you, have you ever attempted a kick yourself? Oh, this is the thing, right? So, at the, so I went to South Bank. I went to the South Bank thing on. Um, there was a South Bank like uh, activations and stuff on the thing, and there was. I'm not being funny. I probably watched. I didn't. I didn't do it myself, and I probably would miss it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> About thirty people, right? And they were doing it from. It wasn't a big one. It was like let's say it was twenty yards. I don't think I saw more than five people miss. And again, it's the pressure. <laughs> there you go. It goes back to the pressure. Yeah. But I just, if it's their only job and that's the only thing they train, they should have do it with their eyes closed. The thing is, you can you can never um, practice for that pressure, can you? No, you, can't. you can You can kick no, as many never. as you like it in training, but you're never going to be able to kick it in a game time situation. You know, it's like it's, it's like a penalty kick in football. You you know you, yeah, you yeah, see yeah, yeah. Um, footballers it, score so many f- amazing goals and that, and then they go to that get to the you know the, the penalty spot, and you're like, oh, how have they missed that? It, it literally just is the pressure no of jumping, it. There's no one jumping and saying like that's I get, I get the penalty kicker analogy, but that's basically saying a penalty kicker about a goalkeeper. Anyway, yeah, so, I, I do get that. But again, one else is. I guess you've got people, you know, running at you. But what is the percentage of the time where they actually get to? They actually block a field goal or actually get to? It's very low. Like, I know that plays a part, but I still, I just, I don't get it. It angers me, and it probably is <laughs> like Bailey that yeah. I can beforehand. And I'm not being funny. I've never seen someone kick a ball so badly in my life. I, yeah, I Dan Bailey gave you that. a few nightmares. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I mean, I used to just, yeah. Right. It almost put me off. I just don't get it. <laughs> they're making 85% of their field goals this year and um, 
been increasing steadily since 1994. I wouldn't have him making any more. I love the, the drama of you don't know if this 30-yard chip shot is going in or not. I think it adds uh, such... It's one of the best things about the sport when you get to the end of the game and you see a little double doink. Okay, but what in... Let's spin that back then. So what other thing should be easier in the sport? Like, should that not be the easiest thing? Easiest skill to do? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there uh, shouldn't... I, th- like... I think punting should be... Be a yeah. bit easier than making a field goal, to be fair. Well, you can see when they do kickoffs and stuff, they kick it so much further and, and straight as well. Just that shows a lack of pressure. Yeah, and but they've got the tee off kickoff as well, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to. It, it, I'm sure it would up it, and I'm not saying I want the tee to be down for an edge, but I don't want that at all. But it'd be interesting to see. I still don't think the percentage is going to change that much. If it's, I know a lot of it, I don't think the snap and the, the placement of the ball. Is that often any wrong? I mean, again, that's again one of their only jobs for people that actually place it and people that's not, like it's. I, in my mind, that's the the skill that should be the the e. If that is your one your one job and your one skill, I think that's probably one of the easiest ones to kick it. It does feel like such a kick in the bollocks. Where like all you kicking need to do is come in, kick a forty yard field goal or whatever to win the match for your team, and then he and then he and then he misses. I can absolutely understand the frustration. Imagine how shit you feel as well as a kicker because like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> your, your, your quarterback just got gone from your own one yard line, right? You've you've had the ball for five minutes. You've worked your way the whole way at the pitch in this amazing fact, and then you miss. It's your, like what what like it's your one job. Yeah, that but on the other on the other side of it you can literally do nothing all game Step up with three seconds left, kick a little twenty yarder, and you're the you're the hero of the week. I know well, you can yeah. an extra point and win NFC special teams of the player. I think, <laughs> my opinion of that is, and again, it might be a controversial one. I think your kickers win your matches. Like kickers lose your matches, almost as much as you know. You again, you could have the best QB in the world, but if your kickers missing kick it, kicks, you're not winning many games. I don't think. Like, no, definitely not. Like I do think but, it's such an important position and i just feel like it's one that maybe has been maybe maybe it's a because it, it's an unpopular one no one wants to be a kicker like no one goes at when you're a four-year-old person getting into, into american football in, in the states no one goes you know what i want to be when i grow up i want to be a kicker nah. like no one wants to do that but you're a fan again that's a part of the pressure isn't it you know as you sort of just said um you, you coming in uh, and that's the only thing you've got to do uh, as you said with the qb if they've sort of done all that your team's come in you know it's all on you, you know, to win or lose games. You know, again, you think as a kicker, you that's in your mind. You're thinking, right, well, I can win this game or I can lose it. And that's all adding to the pressure, isn't it? Because their job security is, is even worse, even less than, yeah. than a regular NFL player. Like, they can literally be out the door at, at any given time and a replacement found. So they're playing for their, their families and their livelihoods every kick as well. Yeah, I think it's, you forget that in sport is that you forget that. Yeah. Too. It's their livelihood. Do you think there should be more of a um, impetus or sort of more of on kickers when they're younger? Perhaps, like as in, is it a skill? Is it a position that perhaps mm. should be more should be looked at more? When I think, I think that's that's where they're moving to, isn't it? You yeah, know, you yeah, saw yeah, the Browns yeah. um, drafted Cade York in the fourth round. Obviously, that's pretty unprecedented that you're drafting kickers, but I think obviously yeah. that's the way it's going now because you've realised just how important that role is to the team, as you say, Jack. Like it can be the difference between winning and losing games. Fox bloody drafted a Roberto Aguayo in the second round. Like, I don't know, like five, six years ago, and then cut him the next year. 
second round. Ridiculous. Second but round I, pick wasted on that. Well. To your point, Jack, like, uh, um, I think it's becoming more trendy now. Like, um, Justin Tucker's just been given a, a nice fat contract. I think he's making it kind of kind of a bit of a cooler thing for the kids or whatever, obviously making 61 yarders and whatever. And they're, they're making more every year. They're getting further. So I, I think that will be where it starts to go, where it, it becomes even more of a specialised position from when you're younger. Do you think as well, and this again is very much my international UK sort of outlook of, of the sport, do you think there'll be more, as the sport grows overseas, do you think there'll be more international or people from different sporting? I know they got the, the Aussie rules bloke, I think, isn't it? And one of one of them. Like, do you think they'll yeah. have more, um, they'll be getting put people in from different sport, sporting backgrounds in as as a, as a sport sort of becomes more? Definitely. Definitely. I think they've been doing that more and more over the last however many years. And there's not, obviously, it's not kicking, but there's a there's a German quarterback in, I think he just finished high school or college, or going into college in the US now, and it, he's looking like one of the best prospects. So I think we're going to see, the NFL are trying to develop the game internationally, clearly. So I think we're going to see more and more of that in like in all facets of the game, really. It'd be interesting to see. I know the NFL Academy are playing, I think it's the IMG Academy next week. Um mm. That'll be interesting to see, sort of, if I think if they, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think they're going to get smashed, but yeah. uh, if they even hold sort of their own. Yeah. It's such a great sort of, what's well, high school, isn't it, level sort of thing. I think people might take it a little bit more seriously. I hope so. It's, it's better for the game. You get more interesting stories. You're getting callbacks come over from Germany or kickers from Australia or whatever. It's, it's good to see. Absolutely. So let's just talk about the game a little bit more in detail uh for me i think defensive issues uh for the vikings you know the the saints able to score 25 points with andy dalton as qb i know i know he had a solid game but you know alvin kamara was out michael thomas jarvis landry was limited um you know to me it's no surprise that the vikings defense is ranked 25th by epa per drive um you know and again i, I just you know, I can't. I don't understand how they've scored that many points. You know, looking at the Vikings, there, we were saying beforehand that the Vikings should probably be winning that by quite a big margin, and you know, we were tipping them to easily back the spread, but I'm pretty sure they didn't do so, or well, they they only just did it. I think the big difference is also was the running game. Like the the Saints lost the game rather than the Vikings, and the penalties are the reason I think they lost it. But if you looked at sort of the they just they just battered the sort of the, the the Vikings defense they did and the Vikings couldn't get going on their sort of run game either so it was it was a really I mean it's a really strange game to watch in the fact that it was really a bit of a nothing game. Yeah, I, the start was good as you said. Uh, you know the Kirk Cousins was moving the ball well. Um, yeah, linking up with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen very well. Obviously, Jeff Justin Jefferson had, did have a big game, uh, and you could see obviously that was a bit of a bounce back. He had a couple of dud weeks before, um, but I, I, as you said later on, it, the Vikings had the opportunity to run away with that game plenty of times, and I think the offense let them down as well. Obviously, the Saints did well. Um, you know, they were able to get a, quite a bit of pressure on Cousins at times. Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport had decent games. Uh, both had above a 75 defensive PFF grade for the game. Demario Davis also impressed. Um, mm. But 
it, for me, as the Saints in that position that they were, I think they've got to be going, you know, scoring touchdowns on those drives and taking the game away. And the only reason why they were in the lead for that point was because of the kicker. Yeah, sorry, go for it. On, yeah. So I think I think I think this, I don't actually have the number in front of me. I'm pretty sure the Saints like had ten or so, like ten penalties over hundred yards worth of penalties. Mm. I think is the I do think that's the big difference. That's something we touched on last week that the Saints shoot themselves in the foot a lot with the discipline and the amount of penalties they give away. It, it seems to be a bit of a reoccurring theme. But yeah, then, they had ten penalties for a hundred yards. So, like the, the, Vikings, the, Vikings the Vikings got themselves in a position where they did that fake um, punt and to get a first oh, yeah. But then within two seconds, they've got within two plays of fifteen yards worth of penalties, and it kind of mm. ruins like that. Whole, but one thing I did read as well, which I thought, I don't think the offensive line helps Cousins at all. But the one thing I read somewhere that they've been one of the only teams now that haven't given a penalty up. Uh, as in one of the um, only, so maybe there's maybe there's something there that's, that's benefiting because I'm like that's their weakness has been in the past. Yeah, PFF mm. has you as a 16th uh, offensive line in the league. Uh, you said it was a bit of a weird game, kind of a nothing game. That's kind of how I see the Vikings season so far. Obviously, so explosive at times against the Packers, and then you've been up and down on both sides of the ball since then. How how would you rate the the start to the Kevin O'Connell era, Jack? I think it's better than it was. Yeah. Um, I think there has been. I don't think the improvement has been massive, but there there's certainly little things that are benefiting. I mean, the the big thing I guess is a win's a win. Like if we're mm. here, I mean, easily we could be one and three right now, but we're not. And it's all well and well people saying, "Oh, it's probably the worst three and one team," all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you're winning games. Science. You're winning. Yeah. But the the same way about that is I said lot earlier. The last last year, I think every single game we lost was by one score, and this year, yeah. We're winning them games, which we would be losing. Yeah. So, like, we'll have the games like the the Packers, where we'll we'll you know win pretty comfortably. I think that's just the Vikings thing. That's what made me like the Vikings when I was younger. Is there was always points in the games. They're always exciting, sort of high scoring games, and I have been. But then you know we get battered by the Eagles. It, it's these close games. I think I think we will have an alright season. I think we will be mm. up there by the end of the year. It's just I don't think it's it's never an attractive. T- you don't follow the Vikings because you want easy wins. <laughs> like, you don't know what team's going to turn up like this week yeah definitely this week against uh, is it Dolphins this weekend I think we've got or yeah I think Tua will be out for that game Bears, yeah. that's a big bonus I think it's the Bears first but yeah no it's the Bears yeah yeah so I mean again it's that should I mean, like you said like the, the game of the weekend we should have won on paper by easily but we didn't because we're the Vikings the Bears again mm. it's like one of them games where right it should be fine but it won't be but then you wouldn't want, as a Vikings fan, I wouldn't want it anyway. It'd be boring if games are, games are as they should be. Mm. So who knows? Uh, who knows? It's... Well, it's Kirk Cousins' first ever three and one start, so I think you've got to be you've got to be fairly happy with how Kevin O'Connell's been doing so far. Obviously, he was a offensive coordinator with the with the Rams before, but we've seen across the league that the new offenses take a bit of time to settle in. I've been kind of impressed with how they've got Justin Jefferson involved. Obviously, he had the big game on Sunday, big game against the Packers. Um, and when the Lions double-teamed him, he spread the ball about, utilised the run game a bit more. And the only time he was bottled up was against uh, against those Eagles. But uh, you, you've been balanced, but I do want to see more. I, I think it has been weird. It has been a bit 
Uh, bit boring at time. You've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, and you're paying a quarterback 35 million. Like, he's, he's been an all right start, but I want to see a lot more, especially against the Bears. The Bears have no pass rush. Your offensive line should be fine. I want to see you've not scored 30 points this season. I want to see a, a 40 burger or something. I mean, we'd bloody love that, but I, I think you're far <laughs> more optimistic than I am. Um, I think <laughs> as well with Cousins, it's, I've, it, he's, it's his worst starts the season on like PFF rating I think so far wow and you know but again it's his like said, it's his first three and one start so it's a bit of a one of them situations where again mm. you're, you're winning and to be fair to him he's coming up as well that the drive to get the, the last field goal you know it's yeah a good but so he, it's it's one of them it's a really weird start to the season I keep saying weird but I think that's probably the best way to describe it right I think one bone to pick with you three as well from, one, from the Jefferson stuff the last couple of weeks is there's a really good so the Vikings I don't know if other teams do it but um, they do a thing on YouTube where they uh, Connor goes the coach goes through all the major plays from the week picks three plays out and he goes through it and he said one from the from the Lions win where you know Jefferson had a nothing game but he basically said we saw from the from the start that he was getting double or triple teamed so what we just yeah. did split the pitch in half we left him on one side and we just did everything down the other mm. and it just opened up that much um, so you know if if teams are going to start doing that, then, you know, people have got to be like, I don't mind if Jefferson's getting nothing because it means that other te- other players. Are getting, yeah. 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 You know, get, he didn't get, there wasn't many, you know, passes att- attempted to him, I don't think in them games, because there was no need no. to. Why throw someone who's got two or three men on him? We've seen that quite a lot as a Bills fan. I've seen that quite a lot with digs towards the end of the season. We couldn't get anything to him because he was getting double teamed, but it was a good thing at the same time because he was drawing them defensive backs out and leaving more space on the other side for the likes of Davis or Isaiah McKenzie. So when you put it like that, it can be a good thing as well for to have a good receiver that isn't getting much thrown to. Him. Oh yeah, that's right. And he is always going to go off. He's always going to find space like in games occasionally. And you've like we said before, you've got more than enough weapons to make up for it when that does happen as well. Dalvin Cook's one of the best rushes in the league. Madison's one of the best backup rushes in the league. Adam Thielen's a, a great number two. Should be, should be. I think, yeah, I think the NFC North is there for the for the taking. I think, I think, take no, it. I honestly, I've got a couple of friends that are Packers fans, and I've already told them that. They I can keep, definitely say it. I think we're on it. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll have a really good, we we'll have a really good season. I think. I think we'll, we'll, we'll win games ugly, which we started doing, and I think we'll win games by a lot. I think we will get smashed every now and again. But like I said, mm. that's that's the perk of being a Vikings fan. Mm, you interesting. Like you like that? <laughs> we just need. I think. I think Cook's got another level to back up. Get back. He's been injured recently. Mm, um, yeah, like that. He didn't have a good. He didn't have a good game at the weekend. Um, but it helps when you got Matson as a as a you know backup. Was probably the best backup in the mm. back league. I've actually, arguably, this season I actually probably prefer him. Ooh, wow, so big statement. Ooh. I think he's just more exciting. But then again, that's me looking at like I quite like seeing the exciting rather than the boring. <laughs> working. In, in terms of being a listener of the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me and Disco shitting on Kirk Cousins quite a bit. I wanted to ask you what your opinion on it is, and do you think Kirk Cousins is the man to take you there? I don't. I think he gets. I think he gets more shit than he probably deserves. You like that? You like that? <laughs> he's not a. He's not a pretty quarterback. He's not. He is getting paid an absolute shit ton of money. Yeah, but then. That's a, that's the role of a quarterback in it, but he. Yeah. I do think if you look at his stats, you look at his stats over his career as well. I do think he gets unnecessary hate. 
Yeah. Um, he's just such an fair, easy guy to hate. I he's very easy, quickly decided to hate, and he's a very unattractive quarterback. Yeah. But he does, and and he can't play prime time games. We know that. He's and a massive bottle job. He's yeah. and he can't play playoff games. Like he is a bottle. <laughs> yeah. In sort of regular season games, I don't think there's there's not there's not many that have been better than statistically wise. To be fair, I very quickly decided that I hated him after a certain snap call. What was it, Disco? I'm going to say it. <laughs> and as soon as I heard that, I turned to Disco and I said, that this guy's finished, I do not like him. So my opinion is more based on him as a person rather than his I think that's the one thing you said. <laughs> that's, that's, Pretty much. I do think that's common, though. Like, I don't think the hate he gets, because he gets a lot of it, I don't think the hate he gets is all down to his footballing ability. Put it that yeah. way. I think yeah. it's down to him as a person. I do think, I wouldn't be surprised if within the next two years we do look for a quarterback in the draft. Because yeah. he's getting on. But I don't, I, I've got no problem with him being our quarterback this year. I don't think that's, I think it's going to benefit us than, than hamper us with that. Yeah. Until you just get to the playoffs and he just crumbles and can't <laughs> even complete a pass. Yeah, well, there's that. But... <laughs> All part of the Vikings experience. All right, anyway, Jack, I think we'll wrap that up there. Thank you very much for coming on the pod. It was great to chat to you uh, about the Vikings chat. game, Thank everything. You. Interesting point about the kicker as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And like I said, I'm sure I will do a better job than every kicker in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Thank hey, Jack. All right, thanks. See you, mate. Hello and welcome back to the Threat and Rotation podcast. We're now at the final stage of this week's episode and obviously the NFL London is carrying on into this week. We've got the Giants v Packers. That's on at half past two on Sunday afternoon in the UK. If you're a US listener, that is at half past nine Eastern time. So an early one if you're on the West Coast, an even earlier one for you. Um, the Giants have made a 3-1 and one start, uh, defeating the AFC top seed from last year and the Titans on week one. And former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball has made a flying start as head coach of the Giants. Mm. So, pretty interesting game. Obviously, the Packers are the Packers. They lost their first game uh, of the season, but they've looked back to their usual self since. Um, so, guys, what, what are we thinking uh, of this so far? I mean, yeah, Packers, go on, Reece, go after you, Bobby. I wouldn't really go as far as saying they look back to their normal selves, to be honest. I think mm. offensively, they, they, they look like they're struggling a lot. Um, yeah, perhaps I worded that wrong. They're, they're a slightly different version of the Packers, but but they're, they haven't taken long to get stuck in the wins. On the, yeah, yeah, they're still winning. Oh, Reece, I thought you were going to go on. Sorry, so yeah, the Packers are coming over. Um, they're completing the set. They're becoming the 32nd team to play an international game. Um, and interestingly, this is the highest combined win total, uh, win percentage of the two teams uh, in an international game that's happened this late. Packers are favoured by eight points. The over-under is 41. And to be honest, I can't see anything but uh, a, Packers, a Packers win, if I'm honest with you. They ran the ball. It's impressive uh, how they run the ball last week. I think uh, the two main guys, AJ Dillon and... Aaron Jones can combine for like 180 yards or whatever. The uh, Giants have the third worst rush D 
in the league. They have one of the worst pass offenses in the league, and the Packers have one of the best pass defenses. I think it's a bad matchup. We've seen Daniel Jones has been one of his run rushing has been one of the bright sparks for the Giants this season. He's got an ankle sprain. He's been questionable for the game. Looks like he's going to go, but um, I don't know. I can't really. What do you think the Giants' route to victory is? Because I, I just can't see happening. I think the only way is is obviously through Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. You know, yeah. As you just said, Jones is banged up um, and he can't pass for shit anyway. They've got horrendous issues uh, in the receiving department uh, in terms of injuries. Uh, and, you know, Kadarius Tony, first round pick, he, he's not done anything really. He's had his own injury problems, but he needs to step up. So it's going to be Saquon Barkley, and, and as you yeah, say, I think the, the win for the Packers will almost be a certainty if they can contain Barkley. Um, yeah. The only thing uh, there has been a bright spark on on that defense for the, for the Giants is uh, Dexter Lawrence, defensive lineman. He's had uh, 15 QB pressures so far this season, and mm. Aaron Donald has only has one more with 16. Wow. So you can see his influence has been key. And, you know, he'll be the man who has to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, um, especially since fellow defensive lineman uh, Leonard Williams has been missing due to injury. Um, so, yeah, uh, they they need him to do something because otherwise, you know, I, I think it's the Packers all the way, isn't it? I think on top of those two things, because uh, the Packers have actually given up a lot of rush yards already this year. So you obviously you yeah they're actually from... ranked twenty eighth for rush yards um, go, against them this season. That's a, there's a, there's a route to victory though. Get Saquon involved early and often have him break out some some big ones. And then then on top of what you said as well, I, I also think Thibodeau needs to have a breakout game if they're going to win this. He's had um, obviously I think he missed a game, maybe two games. Yeah, he's had some but injuries. He had, he had a um... massive play last week, uh, showing real good awareness for a rookie though. I don't know if yeah. you guys remember it. I think it was a. Uh... Deflected pass, but they weren't sure if it was going to be ruled a fumble. But oh, yeah. he he made sure he was on the ball, and you you got to do that to get definitely to yeah. That, that's what and you want to see so. from a rookie. And he he's had five pressures already, but no sacks, no forced fumbles, only three tackles. I think we need to see um obviously Thursday night football prime time. Tebow such an early pick in the draft. I think for the Giants to win, I think we're going to need a bit of a breakout from him. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, it is all about Barkley, isn't it? Um, Packers are ranked 22nd for rushing yards against them, uh, averaging 126.8 yards. Um, on the on the flip side, the, the, the Giants have always have also struggled uh, in their rush D. So, you know, I think it's going to be a big game for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as well, uh, especially since the Packers have been more in favour of the run game recently. Yeah, definitely. And we said at the start of the season, that's without Devante... That's how their offense is going to have to go. They're going to have to get that double-headed threat involved more and more, which, uh, like I said, they did do last week. They've been doing more. Um, but I think the biggest key to why their offense has stabilized is the reintroduction of Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins to the offensive line. I think they're both going to be all right, uh, good to go tonight, and um, uh, unless those aforementioned players before Ash on that on that GR Giants D line, I think Aaron, uh, I think. The two running backs are going to have a bit of space, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have more than enough time to to tear apart the Giants' defense. To be fair, I can see this being getting getting out of hand. To be fair, Romeo Dobbs has looked good the last couple of weeks. Uh, I can't. I, I hate to say it's a bit boring, but I can. I cannot see anything other than a, a Packers win. I think I must be the only one that that thinks there's a slight chance of an upset. You're on the day ball train, aren't you? Yeah. 
Very much, very much so on the day, Walter. And I think he's the, the way he's. They look like a different team. They they've got that mentality to get games over the line now. And you see, like Daniel Jones has always had the ability to scramble a bit, but this season he's already scored as he's matched his record for rushing touchdowns in a season already. You can see a lot of elements of the play calls that Dayball used with the Bills uh, coming through at the Giants, using that quarterback, using the ground game. And as you say, like they've got more rushing yards so far this season than pass yards. And Saquon Barkley's coming into the pass game nicely when he's needed as well. I, I can honestly see an, an upset coming. The, the Packers struggled against Zappi a fourth round rookie pick against the Pats last week. I, I, I think I think you're being too quick to shut the Giants out here. Mm. I hope so. I hope that's the case. I think I think that the key uh, linking to that Reese, if if the Giants are to it, is how that defense does against against the Packers O line. Yeah. Uh, you know they've got to nullify that that uh, that threat. Uh, and once that you know, and they have done so. You know the Giants have improved massively uh, on their defense this year. Um, their their defense is ranked ninth in terms of uh, points conceded this season. Um, they were ranked twenty third last year. So there's yeah. been a clear improvement on that. Uh, and obviously going back, um, as you said, the the Packers against uh the Patriots. Um, last week, um, yeah, last week, uh, the Pats were able to pressure Rogers. Um, so 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 you know, looking back into Lawrence, uh, that's going to be important. Um. The injuries have hindered the Packers' O-line. Elton Jenkins has been playing at right tackle. Uh, Royce Newman has been playing at guard. Um, Jenkins and Newman have allowed two sacks each, and Jenkins has allowed a team-high nine pressures, whilst Newman has eight. Um, you know, so it, somebody like Dexter Lawrence, who, who has obviously um, been influential on that uh, Giants' uh, D-line, if he's able to get that pressure to Rodgers, uh, you saw uh, once uh, the Patriots were able to get that pressure uh, on Rogers last week that you know they they kept the the game tight and you know they could have easily won that. So I think that's going to be the key. Uh, and the same on the other side for for, for um, the Packers as well. Um, you've obviously got Rashawn Gary. Um, he's going to be the main guy, and um, they're but they're the only him and Jerry uh, Reed are the only guys on the Packers D to have a run block. Uh, PFF grade of above 65 this season. Mm. So if they're unable to contain Barkley and the Giants defense stay strong, then you never know, Reese. Yeah, you I might be coming around a little bit. Um, we're in London as well. I want to see some of the magic Packers over for the first time. Obviously, the New York New York fan base is massive, so I, I don't think I've ever seen as much demand for this game, yeah. uh, ticket-wise, as, as as I've seen. So, I mean, hopefully, yeah, the Giants, maybe they get a couple of turnovers or whatever. Barkley gets a few explosive runs and they, they manage to contain that um, that very in it. Well, the young and perhaps not quality proven wide receiver core for, for the Packers. Put some pressure on Rodgers and then and then see what happens. Yeah, yeah, all right. I can see it getting close. I really hope it is. We deserve mm. it as London fans. Kick off 14 hours of football with a, with a nice, quick game and hopefully the Packers lose. Mm, I would... We'll move on to some betting and fantasy football tips. Um, Alan Lazard, I think, if you haven't got him in, he 
he's definitely a, a, a flex option. Um, he had a 100-plus yard game uh, last time uh, against the Patriots, uh, 116 yards from six catches. And Fabian Moreau, who, who has been the best player in, in the secondary for the Giants in coverage, um, he, he's been limited in practice this week. So if he's out, um, that could be pretty big. Uh, and Romeo Dobbs as well, as you said, Harry, he's sort of been getting involved a lot more uh, recently. A couple yeah. of touchdowns uh, in the last two weeks. So if Rogers can build in that chemistry and rapport with receivers, with you know, with Lazard and and Dobbs, um, then you know th- that could be important. I think those two guys could be pretty important and great uh, flex options. I think you got, also, sorry, Reese, you go. You got. Randall Cobb has looked like he's he's trying to do a lot to get involved and help the Packers out offensively as well as those two. I've well, yeah, it's quite, quite, a bit. quite interesting he, with, with Cobb really because um he he's been at the Packers before. Him and Rogers have um already built that chemistry like a few years ago, but since Cobb has come back, he he's not really put up the same sorts of numbers um yeah. in terms of production. Uh, so so yeah, quite quite interesting with that one. I just think the the way he's been playing, you can see how much he wants to help out that offense, and I think eventually it's it's got to shine through at some point. You'd like to think so. Um, another option, obviously, we all know how well Aaron Jones has been playing recently, but um, obviously AJ Dillon um, does usually see a lot of the ball and gets a lot of touches. I think he's had more touches than Jones actually this year, which is quite interesting. Um, and I think AJ Dillon could be a good fantasy football um, pick. The Giants have struggled against the Russia this year, so I'm expecting big things from both Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, Harry, what do you think? Are, are the Packers going to be able to uh, get the spread? I think we're looking at about uh, minus eight on the spread. Do you think the Packers will win by that then? Yeah, they're eight point favourites, and um, coming into this conversation, I definitely thought. Uh, they would cover, but uh, Reese has twisted my arm a little bit, and I, I kind of think there might be some London idea to keep it close. But I will be, I will be betting the Packers minus eight, um, and um, I, I just think that there's too many scenarios where where they either go up quickly and and then New York Giants just have no way of catching up. They can't throw it through the air or whatever. Oh, I, I just think there's there's too many times where the Packers can overpower them. On, on both sides of the ball sort of thing. They're, they're a much better team. So I, I think I'll go for a little bet on minus eight. I think I'll stay away from the over-under. Um, I can kind of, I can see the Packers like being explosive, as I said before, but both teams are going to rush the ball a lot. So we can see kind of a, a shortened game, uh, longer possessions and, and maybe not too many points. Um, my best bet would be to stay away from this game, actually. But um, I'll, I'll recommend the Packers minus eight. The Packers have had just one game so far this season out of four that have had over 41 points in the game, whilst the Giants have had none. Uh, Their week one had 41 um, against the Titans. So, yeah, probably back in the under in this one with, obviously, the the Giants' offense uh, has has failed to put up too many points as well as the Packers. Uh, especially without Devontae Adams, lacking that bit of explosiveness, a uh, bit more methodical in their offensive approach yeah. in the rush uh, and getting the guys involved when they can in terms of Lazard and Dobbs and not making them the focal point of their offense. I actually, uh, 
I'd actually maybe consider taking the Packers at plus money on on the bigger handicaps. Even I can really the Giant the Giants defense coming into this season was supposed to be really poor, and they've had a lot of injuries. It's kind of remarkable how well they've done so far. Is that maybe just a product of a small sample size or whatever? I think the Packers offense might keep getting better as as the season goes on. I can yeah, uh, I mean you can already see the improvement here. from week yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I think I do think the Packers will win comfortably. I'm definitely inclined to go with you, Ash, on the under because, as you say, that, that to me that Packers offense just isn't firing, and I really don't think it's down to the absence of Devontae Adams. Whilst I've said that, I wanted to quickly ask you, going off topic a bit, do you think Devontae Adams has made the right decision going to the Raiders with how poorly they've been performing so far this season? Yeah, I think you definitely expect it to take a bit of time or whatever for for a new offense to come into come into its full force or whatever. But they've been real disappointing as late. Um, they've still Adams and Dale to get involved, and he's he's looked dominant himself. And I, I do you kind of look at it now as a weird decision. Like um, the Green Bay have a much clearer route to the to the Super Bowl, but I, I think he had other. He was thinking more about his happiness or whatever, and he knows the Packers bottle it, bottle it every year. So I, I think uh, I definitely think it's time to worry, but um, I think he'll give it some time. Like luckily for them, that the rest of the AFC West hasn't. Chiefs have looked good, but the rest of the AFC West hasn't been as dominant as you, as you might have thought. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't really know why you'd you'd end up going to the Raiders. Like if it was you know somebody like loves Derek Carr, isn't he a weirdo? I mean, if it's somebody like the Chiefs or, or the Bills are coming after Devontae Adams, then you can absolutely see why he'd leave the Packers for it. But to, but to go to the Raiders, not too sure about that one. Going back to the Giants' defense, obviously we said they've been an improvement, but if you look at the teams they've played, what the Titans, the Panthers, the Cowboys, and the Bears, yeah, there you go. You know, then their their offenses are not firing, so you can see why the Giants. Defense has supposedly improved, but perhaps but it, it hasn't. Even those sort of games are the sort of games you wouldn't expect the Giants to have done well in when you look back to last season. I think obviously I've got that Brian Dayball bias, but I, I, I'm really impressed. And I mentioned picking a dark horse, and my dark horse. Going off the performances so far is the New York Giants. So <laughs> controversial. <laughs> so controversial. <laughs> Did you say your dark horse for the Super Bowl uh, is the, the Giants. Giants? Yes, sir. Wow. So controversial. <laughs> <laughs> so controversial. Okay. Okay. That's um, made my mind up now. They're, they're going to get absolutely dominated tonight. That's what I think. They're, Not they're tonight, mate. It's Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Cold, cold, cold. <laughs> um, oh yeah, the giant. Uh, I think the Packers on Sunday will uh, will absolutely uh, they'll win by twenty points or something. The strength of schedule so far, like Ash just mentioned, has been a bit easy. They've fluked their way into wins, so I think that the minus eight should be bigger. They've kind of they've right. bamboozled us. Uh, so, so, so I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to call them a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 is a leading I, leading receiver. <laughs> So I'm the quarterback. 
I twisted your arm to think that possibly there could be a little uh, giant upset, and now it's just been twisted oh, yeah, all get, the no, way yeah, back because, because I said they were dark horse. Yeah, but, yeah, because your credibility Perfect. just goes straight out the window there. So <laughs> why, why did I let Reese try and try and persuade me to that? Now Packers are going to win big, and I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm that. taking the Giants plus eight on the spread. By the way, wow, so controversial. <laughs> so controversial. <laughs> Um, my, all right, I'll give you my dark horse for the Super Bowl, and uh, I, I picked him for MVP earlier this year, and uh, well, the quarterback for MVP earlier this year, um, and I think they're 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 kind of unlucky to be two and two. So Baltimore Ravens, they're definitely going to win that AFC North, I think, and uh, I think they're definitely sneaky, sneaky Super Bowl teams. Just need to sort that D out, but that'll come. Hmm, interesting. <sighs> Who am I going for? You know, my dark horse. I'm gonna go for the Jags. You know, I'm gonna wow, say they're gonna make a similar sort of little run as the Bengals did last year. Um, obviously they've had, they've, they, they, you know, I think they did quite well against the Eagles. Um, last week, uh, kept that close. Trevor Lawrence is really sort of to play up to the hype of of what he was when he was drafted. Um. Beat the Chargers um, as well. Obviously, they were a bit banged up, but they still had to beat what was out in front of them. And everyone's saying how the Chargers are pretty much one of the Super Bowl te- like caliber mm. teams, and mm. they put them away by twenty-eight okay, points. Yeah, well, yeah, we do have to remember the the injuries that Mr. Herbert's dealing with there, though. I think. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah, I obviously that's what I said at the start. You, you take that. Obviously, Herbert was banged up, and there was a few others. But they still beat the Chargers. This Chargers are still a good team. They've got plenty yeah. of players. And Herbert played in that game. Um, so, you know, to come away with that, Doug Pedersen is, um, you know, really, you can see how much of an improvement, you know, without somebody like the coach, the likes of Urban Meyer there, um, how they're well, stuck really improving. So I'm going to say bold prediction, dark horse, uh, similar to the Bengals last year, they'll make a run to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they've got the Etienne back as well, which I think is a massive Could bonus for them. Could be big. Um, See, the Jags have picked first overall the last two years. It should be just as ridiculous as the Giants, but I don't. I I kind of I feel a bit better about the Jags one. I think because of the the quarterback Trevor Lawrence has got a higher ceiling than than got... Danny Dimes. He's got, and he's I think they're higher, more deserving of the three one record as well. He's got a higher ceiling, and don't get me wrong, I have been impressed with the improvement we've seen in him. But there's been a couple of times watching the Jags this season where he just turns like he he panics. He, he like I've seen him get the ball in the pocket, there'd be nothing on, and just launch it downfield and hope for the best. Yeah, and I think stuff like that needs to be ironed out before we could see them being Super Bowl champions. But I just think, for me, obviously, the the, the bias is there with Dayball, but I think Saquon Barkley and the way they're playing on the ground, I, I, I honestly think we're going to see some big things from the Giants this season. Uh, I, um, I think you'll be saying completely different things on Monday. Well, look, win my luck. The Jags... Um, the Jags have a much easier way to win their division title as well. That AFC South seems seems there for the taking. I think they've got a little sneaky way, and once you get to the playoffs, bit of momentum, just as you saw with the Bengals just sort of pulling out of the bag, just somehow, I think they've got a little sneaky chance. Interesting. 
Right, that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please check out our social media. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Throw in Rotation. Also check us out on Instagram. Just search in Throw it in Rotation. And stay tuned for next week. Please. Uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye.